Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. One of the crazier atmospheres I have seen in sports in a long time. Petco Park. As they were taking out the Dodgers in the NLDS. The way that they were able to squash those Dodgers bats and eliminate a 111-win team against which they'd had very little regular season success going back, what, 30 games or so? The Dodgers had had their number. To be able to exercise those demons against the big bads in their own division, but then to have a playoff game in their park with fans... For the first time in forever, it was amazing to watch that play out. And now the Padres hosting the first two games of the NLCS and and into this round of the playoffs for the first time since 1998. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. So Phillies and Padres in game number one in San Diego on Tuesday evening. So now the Padres down to their final strike with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. One and two to Josh Bell. Here's the pitch from Alvarado and a swing and a miss. The Phillies shut out the Padres in game one by a final of two to nothing as Wheeler, Dominguez, and Alvarado combine on a brilliant one hitter. They don't need a message. They know we need to come out and take one of the, at least one of these at home. Tomorrow's a big game for us. So, I mean, I know it's a seven-game series, but, you know, when you start out at home, you like to try to win that first one. If it doesn't happen, you certainly feel like a little bit more importance on the second game. So we need to come out and swing the bats a little better. It doesn't get much easier. You know, their guy tomorrow is pretty good too, but we need to, to be better with our bats. That is the voice of Bob Melvin with the Padres this season. Certainly a major reason why they were able to take all the various moving parts of the trade deadline and bring it together. And as one of the final teams into the playoffs, now still alive, hosting the NLCS. Right now, we're pleased to welcome Sammy Levitt, who is part of our San Diego affiliate, 97.3 The Fan, and was at the ballpark for the opener of the NLCS, does pre and post for the Padres. So, Sammy, what were your impressions of game number one? Uh, not a lot of offense at all for either team. Uh, the problem for the Padres was that Hugh Darvish was mostly terrific. He gave up three hits, but two of those were solo home runs, one to Bryce Harper and one to Kyle Schwarber. And on the offensive side of things for the Padres, they had only one hit. They didn't have a runner on second base until the ninth inning. And obviously it's hard to win games when you don't produce Hits or runs. Uh, so one of, one of those uh, one of those nights um, that offensively just nothing happened. Now I think there's a, certainly a tip of the cap to Zach Wheeler what he did, but frustrating for the Padres tonight in the sense that you Darvish was 
actually really good aside from giving up a, a couple of solo home runs and uh you hope you can you can kind of work around that in the postseason game but uh didn't happen for the Padres offensively here tonight and that was really the the story of game one when I was listening to Jesse, uh, Jesse Agler, close out this game, because I actually was listening to Padres radio the last few innings, uh, it, it I knew it, of course, because I've been watching the game, but to hear him say that the Padres have only had two runners on base in the first mm-hmm. eight innings was really a stark reminder. Finished with just the one hit. Now, as you point out, you Darvish did his job very well uh, because the Phillies didn't have that many opportunities with runners in scoring position or guys left on base either. Um, but what did Bob Melvin and some of the Padres say about trying to generate offense and figure out how to break through? Yeah, you know, Amy, I think it was it was pretty much, uh, you know, what let's show up tomorrow and and uh, it's a new day. I mean, it was such a an emotional, exciting, <laughs> um, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. What happened at Petco Park on Friday and Saturday as this team took down the Dodgers. You know, I, I don't know that what we saw tonight was a quote-unquote Dodger hangover rather than the Padres running into a really good starting pitcher and just not having it offensively. But the sense we got from, from Bob Melvin and, and uh, playing sounds from the clubhouse on our post-game show was that there was the mindset of, hey, it's one game. And, and I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, obviously it sets up a, a very crucial game, too, uh, coming up, and it's a, a bit of a weird schedule with uh, local time tomorrow, well, now today, uh, it, the game's at 1.35, so by 5 p.m. local time tomorrow, you know, the Padres could be down 0-2 in this series, going back to Philadelphia. So a lot's going to happen in the next uh, half day or so mm-hmm. by the time we get to the early evening tomorrow. Um, but it, it, it should be really interesting. But the the, the sense I got really was, um, you know, it was, it was kind of, a, okay, we lost one, and, uh, and and let's go back and get him tomorrow. And obviously it sets up a, a very, very important game, too, especially for San Diego. I could not believe, even going back and looking at the numbers, that the three Phillies pitchers only threw 109 pitches total. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you want to talk about economical. You can't get much more efficient than that. No, you can't. And I was, you know, pretty surprised that Zach Wheeler came out after 83 pitches. You know, he was cruising. I mean, you know, like we've been talking about, he allowed a walk, a single. That was it. He didn't have a runner in scoring position against them the entire outing. So I was pretty surprised when Wheeler came out. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez came in for the eighth inning, did a good job. And then it was Jose Alvarado in the ninth. And the Padres finally had a, a little rally and had a good opportunity. He had the winning run at the plate. And Manny Machado with one out. He flies out to right field. Josh Bell strikes out. And that's the ball game. But... Really, on both sides, pitching-wise, it was really impressive. I mean, Darvish was good aside from the, 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 the uh, two solo home runs. And uh, the Padres' bullpen, which has been a massive strength for them in this postseason, uh, again, two scoreless innings. So I, I think, to me, that, that's what's frustrating about this game, one, beyond just chalking it up to an offense that, that didn't do anything tonight. Um, the fact that they pitched really well, this was a, a winnable game. You know, if you score a few runs, but it, it just didn't happen. But you're right, on the on the Philly side of things, between uh, Wheeler and the two guys out of the bullpen, it was very efficient and impressive. Sammy, what was your perspective on the Kyle Schwarber home run? Well, I, uh, <laughs> well, I, was, in the, uh, I was in the press box at that time, 
Uh, I heard the crack of the bat. I looked up, and uh, I said, whoa. And then it <laughs> ends up landing in the second deck. Now, this is my first year with the Padres, so I did not know that was the longest home run ever hit at Petco Park. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I know some people around me said, I don't think I've ever seen a ball hit into the second deck in right field. And then when we got the number of 488 and then found that it was the farthest home run ever in the history of the stadium, it all kind of made sense. I, I think there were a lot of people there tonight, and I, I can't say for sure if nobody's ever done it, <laughs> um, although I, I would assume considering where it went, but I, I won't go out on the limb because I don't know. But I, I think there were I think the great majority of people there tonight did not think it was possible to get one into the second deck because uh, that that deck's pretty far back. Uh, you know, kind of it's 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 uh, if, you, if you just look at the way right field is is laid out. So I knew it was far. I did not know it was 488, but it was uh, it was quite the blast. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm to who was maybe Zach Wheeler was the one who said that he'd never even seen a BP ball hit that far. No. <laughs> and it, not only was it 488, 488 it was 119.7 miles an hour off the bat. Whoa. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, Really? Sammy Levitt is with us from San Diego. 97.3 is our affiliate there, and he's also part of the Padres Radio Network doing the pre and post. Um, before we talk about the pitching, Sammy, I'd love <laughs> to hear what this playoff run has meant to – San Diego sports fans so far and the atmosphere has been evident even on TV, but you're right in the middle of it. What's it been like for these fans to see their team kind of revived and taking out the big bad Dodgers along the way? It's been extremely special. I mean, I I said it to a few people earlier today, you know, I've seen a lot of baseball games. You know, I grew up in New York and went to lots of, uh, Mets playoff games as a fan, and I've been fortunate to be at some big college football games and basketball games, and it, it may have been the best sporting event I've been to uh, Saturday night, especially wow. at Petco Park. Yeah, it, 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 it's it been an extremely special run, I think, for a variety of different reasons. Number one, here in San Diego, you know, there have not been uh, many seasons of success. I mean, you said it earlier, right? The, the team's first NLCS since 1998, uh, same year they went to the World Series. Um, but but this team, this organization, this fan base has, has really been um, revitalized. And, and I think it starts at the top, you know, with the owner, Peter Seidler, who's really committed to spending and, and trying to win. A.J. Preller, who continues to be aggressive. You know, a great example is what he did at the trade deadline with the Juan Soto move. Um, They spend money. Uh, The organization in really every aspect, I think, is really impressive. And the fans have responded to it. I mean, they set a record for sellouts in the regular season um, this year. So that was well before this playoff run. It was very up and down regular season with highs and lows and big trades and uh, some drama with the Fernando Tatis Jr. situation. I mean, oh, yes. there were all kinds of kinds of aspects to the regular season. Um, but people showed up. And I, I, quite honestly, Amy, I've been blown away by the support here all year. And then it really hit a crescendo um, <laughs> over the weekend. And the Dodgers in town. And they win game two in L.A. And that's after what was a really impressive wildcard series win in New York 
which a lot of people didn't think they would do. Then they win game two in L.A. They come home Friday night. The place is rocking. They get just enough offense, some great pitching. And then Saturday, they're in game four. They're trailing 3 nothing right. in the seventh inning, and they erupt. And, I mean, the place was just rocking. <laughs> it's raining. People are dancing. People are singing. <laughs> I, I I really hadn't seen anything like it. And I think, I think Amy, no matter how – this run ultimately ends. I think there will be a sense of satisfaction for beating the Dodgers and feeling like the next step has been taken. And um, and I, I'm I'm really excited to see what's ahead for for this for this city for this organization. They there's just a lot of really good things going on and a, and a lot of commitment to winning um that that i think bodes really well uh for this team and for this fan base and and the fans have have really responded to it you mentioned the fernando tatis that was all about the same time as the lineup was changed drastically with the moves that were made at the trade deadline and it was a bit of a head scratcher for a couple of weeks because it didn't seem to gel or at the very least the production wasn't there sammy what did it take how did they get to the point where, okay, moving forward again, and then a bit of a meteoric rise into the playoffs and, and now, obviously, into the NLCS? Yeah, it was a very up-and-down experience after the trade deadline. You know, I think I think a lot of people here thought that the moves would really propel this team. And, you know, Amy, I don't think in the regular season they ever got super hot. You know, they, they didn't have a win streak of more than, I, I want to say, five games. It could be six. I'm forgetting now. I knew this better during the regular season. <laughs> uh, it's, either, it's, it's either five or six, but here at, here at uh, past midnight on the West Coast, I'm forgetting. Um, but it's, it's five or six. You know, they, they never had reeled off 10 straight wins or 13 out of 14. It, it just didn't happen, and, and that – Still was true after they made the the trade deadline deals. Now they had a really bad loss in Arizona in September, and there was kind of this uh, moment and address that Bob Melvin had of the team where he got angry, and it was something you know. Bob Melvin's a very steady personality, uh, steady manager, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for what's happened here over the past couple of weeks and the success they've had in the postseason. He's done a great job, but. When he got angry at the team, I, I think a lot of players took notice, and there was a mm. players-only meeting the next day. And from that point on, they finished 11-7 and in the regular season. Again, not super hot, but playing some good baseball. And, and Amy, it, it has really come together, you know, in the postseason. You know, again, it was a very up-and-down kind of year. I think even into September and into the final homestand, but this team really came together in New York with what they did. Um, they really came together with, with what they did against the Dodgers. And I think they've played their best baseball in the postseason, which is obviously what you want to do. Uh, and yes. the Phillies right now are doing it as well, which makes this such a, an intriguing series. But a lot of players have pointed to that night in Arizona in September when Bob Melvin addressed the team as a moment where they – really started to come together and and that that's been a pretty consistent answer so when you, when you talk about turning points mm-hmm. um that night in Arizona after they had a really bad loss in a series opener that that seems to be the consensus uh, about when this team could could kind of feel the turning point 
How have you seen Manny Machado step into a role where he is a leader in the clubhouse? And yes, Bob Melvin has had a massive impact, but what about Manny? He's been terrific. I mean, he's a, he's a tremendous player and, and this is my first year, uh, you know, watching Manny day in, day out and seeing every at bat he has. And he's just remarkably consistent. Um, you know, he had an ankle injury uh, that he suffered on, on Father's Day in Colorado, really aside from about a month span where he struggled after that. He kind of, you know, came back quickly, was playing through it, and, and it took him a while to, to get right again. Aside from about a month span where his numbers dipped, I mean, he's been so consistent and so reliable. He's got a flair for the dramatic. He comes up with big hits. His mm-hmm. defense you know, it's either him or Nolan Arenado, the best defensive third baseman in baseball. Uh, take your pick uh, between those two guys. He, he's just remarkably consistent. And from an offensive standpoint, this was a very up-and-down team. You know, you, you talked about this team really not gelling after the trades. Well, part of that was the offense. I mean, their starting pitching has been very consistent for the most part all year offensively they would go through stretches where it was it was just sort of inexplicable about uh as to why they 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 couldn't score so manny's been the the you know the consistent part of it and and truly carried this offense now is he going to be the mvp who knows you know i I get the sense that a lot of people aren't leaning that way maybe in a different year maybe had he not got injured and the numbers were a little bit more impressive obviously they already are impressive um but he's just amy he's remarkably consistent and he he plays through injuries and he's there every day and um he leads by example in that sense so i've been i've been really impressed with manny machado what he's brought to this clubhouse through again some of the the real ups and downs of, of this season and everything that's gone on Well, adversity and losing generally do force the leaders to step up, and he has been one of those guys uh, that has shown truly what he's made of and also how much he cares. And I love the quote that uh, you put on your Twitter, Sammy. We got to stay focused on what the real goal is, and it's to bring a championship to this city. That's from Manny Machado on the eve of the NLCS. All right, so last thing before I let you go, because as you point out, it's been a long day. You were at the ballpark for a lot of hours. (laughs) How, How does the pitching stack up then for a long series? For the Padres, it, it, I mean, it stacks up well. They got a great start from you, Darvish, tonight. Again, I, I think that's part of the frustration of tonight is you, Darvish, was you, Darvish. I mean, he was really good. And you, you would like to think, I said this during my post game today, you would like to think that two solo home runs don't, doesn't lose you the game, but it did tonight. And that's not you, Darvish's fault. So he delivered tonight, as he's done all year. Uh, you know, tomorrow, Blake Snell, Blake had a terrific second half. His start in New York in the wild card series was was not good, but his start against the Dodgers was. So it was. What, what version of Blake Snell are you getting tomorrow? I, <laughs> I guess uh, to, to, to put it more broadly, I, I think the Padres have plenty of starting pitching. Their bullpen has been outstanding in the postseason. They've got Darvish and Snell and Musgrove. and um, they, they, they line up well for a long series, as do the Phillies, with you know what Wheeler did tonight and having Nola going tomorrow. From the pitching standpoint, I think the Padres are good enough to win a World Series. I, I really do, uh, especially with what their bullpen is doing right now. Can they get there? We're going to find out. But, you know, tonight, you Darvish did a great job, and, and the 
pitching side of things, both in the rotation um, and in the bullpen, has has been one of one of if not the key of this of this team's run here in the postseason. So I think pitching wise, um, they they can go to the World Series off what they've got, and uh, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the series plays out. First time in the NLCS since 1998, and Bob Melvin says they're already anxious to get back out there for game number two, which happens on Wednesday afternoon at Petco Park. You can follow Sammy on Twitter at Sammy L-E-V, Sammy Levitt with our San Diego affiliate 97.3 The Fan. He's got the pre and post on Padres Radio. He's posted up at the ballpark these days. It's great to connect with you for the first time. Enjoy the ride. Thank you so much for the insight. Absolutely, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I love what he had to say about Manny Machado because he needed to step into that role. And for a guy who's got the huge contract, and obviously now they're more than one a member of the Padres that have big contracts, but uh, for him to assume responsibility and to assume that leadership role and to recognize how critical it is for him to set an example both in word and deed um, and wanting to have ownership of it, right? This is not somebody else's job. This is my job. And that's part of being mature. That's part of growing up. It's part of recognizing that how you conduct yourself, how you lead has a direct impact on whether or not you do meet your goals. And so I love what we've seen from Manny Machado um, over the course of the last couple of months, but even through the Fernando Tatis situation and everything else, he has been a guy that obviously the rest of the Padres look to when he's setting a tone. You can find us on Twitter after our CBS. You got a couple of minutes left to vote for TD of the week, or you can do it on our Facebook page. You can send your questions for ask Amy anything. So that comes up about an hour and 15 minutes from now uh, straight ahead. Well, Jim Ursay did not hold back at the NFL owners meetings. And in addition to that, Roger Goodell weighs in about the Daniel Snyder investigation, as well as the, uh, Other topics that right now are lighting the NFL on fire. It's always that way, right? It's always a three-alarm fire in the NFL. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launcher Online Shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. You're studying, you have to do more. Yes or no, are you willing to do more? Yes, of course I'm willing to do more. I never said that we were going to stop. I actually said the opposite. We but you will have the continue authority to recommend that Diane Snyder be removed as a team owner. Okay, the, you the, can recommend the gentlelady's time has expired. The gentleman may answer her question. Should Dan Snyder I, I be removed? I think I'm good. Will you remove him? I don't have the authority to remove him. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. NFL owners meetings taking place in New York and it did not take very long before once again Daniel Snyder and the investigation into commander's workplace culture and some of the allegations that have been levied against him workplace misconduct all became the number one topic of conversation. Uh, It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll hear from Jim Ursay coming up, the owner of the Colts, and why he believes that there is merit or is reason, is a movement even, to vote to remove Daniel Snyder as an NFL owner. I think it's fairly obvious that the report that came out last week in which... Sources quoted by ESPN uh, sources indicated that Snyder is compiling all kinds of dirt on other NFL owners as well as Roger Goodell. That seemed to shake up the ownership a little bit, if you believe what Ursay is saying. Now, Snyder and the commanders have come out and denied that that report is true, but of course, Everyone's denying everything now, so it's just hard to know. No votes taking place this week. And the league does have a mechanism in place where it can force an owner to sell. It requires 24 of 32 owners to vote. They've never done this before. Jerry Richardson was the owner of the Panthers, and after a bunch of allegations came out about him, He decided to sell, so it never did go to a vote, although it might have. But there are still ongoing investigations into Daniel Snyder and into misconduct and and the, the workplace atmosphere that he oversaw and that he allowed and maybe directly contributed to 
for years. And so there's all kinds of stories out there that you could go and you could read. A lot of it's fairly disgusting. I would say I've been in workplaces where it has seemed like that. The way that women were treated and the types of comments that were allowed and just the the treatment from superiors to underlings, so to speak. Just this is not a unique story, nor are these isolated allegations, right? We're, We're hearing it more and more. And it's not even the only place in professional sports that we're hearing these types of allegations. And so maybe you'll hear the name Mary Jo White. She's investigating all of these accusations of workplace misconduct and also misappropriation of finances and funds and all that kind of stuff. She's conducting an investigation on behalf of the NFL. Now, it's kind of strange because I could have sworn they did an investigation and that Roger Goodell told us for a while that it was closed. But now there's another investigation. So this is the one that Mary Jo White is in charge of. She's a former U.S. attorney and also was part of the SEC, the, the Securities and Exchange Commission, not the Southeastern Conference. I, I think it's, I think it's pretty telling that they haven't yet got to the point where they would take a vote because if you know how the NFL owners operate, they generally don't do anything unless it's a sure thing. If they get to the point where they believe they have the votes and they've got 24 of 32 owners on board, then they will vote, but likely wouldn't do it because all of these guys have allies and cronies and you're, you know, you're on my side and you're on, it's just, it's how it works going. I was actually talking to producer Jay about this earlier, going back to the votes about which teams would be allowed to move to LA or which team would be allowed to move with the the Rams to LA and take up residence in Stan Kroenke's brand new stadium. Now, SoFi. it went on for weeks and weeks. Essentially it's, it's a little bit like, Capitol Hill, where the owners were counting votes and who's on the side of the Raiders and who's on the side of the Chargers. And ultimately, when the vote happened, it actually leaked. We already knew who was going to win and which way the vote was going to go because these guys all, they they work their angles, right? And they're, they're calling in favors and they're allies on this side and allies on that side. So you, it's... Very political, very political among these owners, their own politics. I don't mean general American politics, but it does sound like that Snyder report from ESPN about him collecting dirt on fellow owners and the commissioner may have rattled some cages, though he actually sent a letter to the owners on Tuesday. Now, he's not allowed to be at the owners meetings. He's suspended, but he sent a letter and denied a bunch of the allegations specifically. I I read a good portion of the letter. But right now, that's the biggest story going in the NFL. Bigger than roughing the passer, bigger than the Deshaun Watson situation. And that's what dawned on me Tuesday, how hypocritical this is. And I'll explain coming up. But yes, Roger Goodell doing extensive post-meeting comments about a variety of topics. 
that are impacting the NFL right now or that people are talking about. But Daniel Snyder is definitely topic number one. If you want to send your questions for Ask Amy Anything, you can do that on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. You can always find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, and then... Our Facebook page, too, comes up just over an hour from now. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. On the Thursday Night Football game, Al Michaels said that he thinks the league wants Dan Snyder to sell the commanders. Have you ever heard any buzz like that, or do you get that sense from the rest of the owners in the league? I do not. And that's all I've got to say about it. But I do not. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Jerry Jones responding to questions about Daniel Snyder and whether or not there could be a vote or whether or not Snyder could be removed as an owner this time uh, of the Washington Commanders. Of course, he's owned the team long before it was the Commanders. And the allegations against him and the way that he's run the team and run his business stretch back a decade or so. And I would just encourage you to 
think about the fact that this is 30, well, it's 31 owners, in many cases, family businesses. Then there's the Packers, who obviously have a representation, though they are publicly owned. But these owners all have allies. They have friends. It's no different than any of us in our own offices. People we trust, people we don't trust. If we need a favor, if we need someone to have our backs, we ask for a particular, uh, we, we think of a particular person, we'll ask a particular person. That's what's happening behind the scenes. I am confident of that. Even before the investigation is done, and it's not done, and Roger Goodell made that very clear. In fact, Jerry Jones made that clear on Tuesday in New York. Uh, Jay, do we need to credit where that came from, by the way, with Jerry? Okay, so that's Sean and RJ, our uh, 105.3 The Fan affiliate in Dallas. Um, anyway, just want to make sure we don't uh, take stuff. So w- behind the scenes, no doubt these owners are talking amongst themselves, figuring out who's on the side of the Snyders and who's not, even before the investigation is done. No doubt they're already counting votes, a little bit like what happens on Capitol Hill. And while it is definitely within their bylaws to be able to take a vote to remove an owner, it's never been done before, and it it will require a lot of posturing and backroom deals before it's done, if, in fact, they do it. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Apparently, some of the owners who were in New York on Tuesday, and these these owner meetings are continuing for a couple of days, they were surprised that Jim Ursay chose to speak out about Daniel Snyder. Now, the audio is, is a little muddy, but I think you can hear. He believes that this is something the owners need to consider, voting to remove Snyder. I said he should, there's consideration that he should be removed. You know, we have to complete the investigation. But but to me, um, it's something that I think serious consideration has to be given to the removal. And we have complete authority to do that. Of him or just or the family, period? I, I think, uh, in general, of, of him uh, being removed and selling the franchise. So he gets a little stuttery there at the end. Are we talking about Daniel specifically? Or are we talking about his wife as well? The whole family. Are you ready to remove the entire Snyder family? Because technically his wife is the one who's running the team now. Now, there's I can't imagine anybody believes that Snyder has no idea what's happening or isn't involved in the decision making. But that was the suspension and the punishment that was handed down to Daniel Snyder is that he was no longer allowed to be involved in day-to-day operations with the team and that he was suspended from any type of league meeting or league function for a full year. And that was the initial investigation. Somewhere along the way, there became another investigation, and this is the one that's being handled by Mary Jo White. Reporters followed up with the Colts owner, Jim Ursay. What bothers him the most about these allegations against Snyder. Well, that's not what we stand for in the, in the National Football League. Oh, it's and not? I oh, think please. owners have been painted incorrectly a lot of times um, by various people and under various situations. And that's not what we're about, you know. And we do, we do care a great deal for each other. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of friendships in this league and closeness. Um, and, um, you know, Bob Kraft just getting married. I talked to him and sent him a gift. And, and there's just a lot of closeness in this league. And I don't think it, some of the things I've heard, it doesn't represent us at all. Um, and, you know, I want the American public and the world to know what we're about as owners. You told the owners that the investigation hasn't been completed for Dan. Are you surprised? Are you disappointed that Jim Irsay had strong comments about it? No. How do you like that? How do you feel about it? Pardon me? How do you feel about that? How do I feel about what? His comments. I just said, and I said it to the membership, speculation without facts is not a very positive thing to do. I think everyone deserves to have facts and to make sure those decisions are made with facts. And the membership will have that opportunity. It's Roger Goodell following up after Ursay made his comments. So he did say he wasn't surprised. He wasn't disappointed. I mean, these owners are grown men, right? So unless something uh, specifically has been said to them about keeping their comments and their opinions under wraps, well, they're allowed to do what they want. But there are other owners who said that the investigation needs to continue and that Ursay was out of line. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I don't know what stands out to me most about Ursay's comments. He's not concerned about the allegations against Dan Snyder. He's concerned about the way that this ESPN report painted the other, the other owners. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. But remember, as part of this report, indicating that Snyder was compiling dirt, quote-unquote, about other owners and the commissioner, in or, that, that he would have enough information to blow up the league. I mean, these were the terms that were used in the report. As part of that report, ESPN attributed comments to Snyder that he had made to an associate about how the owners hate each other. It's pretty clear that's what Ursay's responding to. He's responding to the fact that the owners were painted in a negative light. This has become personal for Ursay. He didn't speak up before when the allegations were made against Daniel Snyder and workplace misconduct and workplace allegations. Nah, he's speaking up now. Because this report came out that indicates that Snyder is saying, hey, you take me down, you're going down with me. Or as an insurance policy to the owners trying to vote him out. And the commanders did issue a statement afterwards saying that, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that Ursay speaking without having any of the facts, without the investigation being done, the Snyders are not selling. They're not considering selling. So it's, it's very clear that we're going to see who's on what side and and when this kind of stuff always leaks who knows when the vote might take place ursay seemed to indicate that it could happen soon and he actually felt like they had the votes to remove him but there are no other owners speaking out right now he is alone on his island and it's obvious that what bothers him most is not snyder's workplace misconduct or the atmosphere at commander's headquarters. Now, what bothers him most is what dirt Snyder might have. And the fact that, I mean, he mentions, I sent a gift to Bob Kraft for his wedding. What does that have to do with anything? That's what he's bothered about, not Snyder. And furthermore, the hypocrisy is over the top. Now, I get it. A lot of these owners didn't love that the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson 
a fully guaranteed contract. But when Deshaun Watson is back in the league after serving his 11-game suspension, he's going to be on national TV. He's going to get paid his full salary. It seems like that's all died down. There was another civil lawsuit that just got filed this week with a woman who actually did take the step to put her name on the lawsuit when she was ordered to by a judge. According to her attorney, which is not Tony Busby, it's a completely different attorney. She's put it off and put it off because of the trauma and because she watched what some of these other women went through. Also allegations, right? In the case of Daniel Snyder, there have been no formal charges made. And I'm not saying he's innocent. Don't misunderstand me. Where there's smoke, and there's a lot of smoke, there's generally fire. And I have been in workplace situations that are just like this in the sports industry. Where women are treated like pieces of meat and are disrespected and in many cases are sexually harassed and all that kind of stuff. So I understand these allegations and I believe that a lot of them are probably true. But why is it different for Daniel Snyder than it is for Deshaun Watson? The judge who handed down his well, initial suspension, the initial ruling, I guess she didn't ever get to the suspension part, but the initial ruling said he absolutely was a predator and was preying on these women and that she believed all of the allegations that he was not remorseful. Well, you know why he's not remorseful? Because a team in the NFL paid him a fully guaranteed millions and millions of dollars contract. And yet right now, it seems like the number one topic in the NFL off the field is getting Daniel Snyder removed as an owner. And maybe that happens. And maybe it should. But at the same time, Deshaun Watson's about to walk right back on a field and and be glorified as the quarterback of one of 32 teams in the NFL. No doubt there are a lot of fans that see him as the savior of the Browns and they're just biding their time until he gets back. But yeah, let's definitely remove Daniel Snyder as an owner. I mean, just the hypocrisy is unbelievable. So focused on Daniel Snyder right now. And maybe the uproar returns when Deshaun Watson is back on a field, though I highly doubt it. It's, it's unbelievable what we fixate on as sports fans and what they're fixating on. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.